0: Hello and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook.
1: And I'm Daryl Etherington.
0: And this week, we are gonna talk about the launch of Disney Plus. We're gonna talk about our general impressions of Disney Plus. We're gonna talk about we're basically gonna do a review of the first episode of the big series in Disney Plus, which is The Mandalorian. Before we do that, though, we've got some listener response to our review of the morning show last week um and first of all i love getting responses because i think it's been a little while since people have written in um some of these responses were kind of interesting um and again as a reminder if you would like to share some feedback either on the job we did or on what we're reviewing you can always email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. so this is an email from logan berkowitz it uh the subject is morning show review the email is the article says Matt Kessler. His name in the show is Mitch Kessler. To me, this discredits your review. Did you even watch? Did you even
2: watch, Anthony? And then, <laughs> and
0: then I don't I don't even understand how this happened, but then somebody else named Matthew Jenks responded to this email uh and he said, attention to detail. Zero effort here.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow, responded to the Huh? listen though mm. here's the thing like we can
2: shit on matt and the other guy but like
1: no you, but i'm more impressed typo- by the technical challenge of how they responded to no me. it's a real typo it is a real typo
2: ty- they brought it to our attention they might have done it kind of in a mean way and like maybe exaggerated like zero effort really we we sat here for an hour and a half and talked about it like it's not zero effort but you fucked up anthony You you made the typo
0: that's that's true although I will say that uh of all the typos I've made at TechCrunch this is not even in the top no, 10 no.
2: Pro- no not even in the top 20 10. No, it's like negligible it really is it's not an important typo but you know people care I honestly I appreciate it I think they care if, if they're reading and they're like dude you messed up this name like that bothers me like good they at least they care then they're like engaged with us and they took the time to write to us about it right. like I don't know. I know like, always back talent, but I'm kind of on their side on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. Also,
0: again, getting back to the uh, the reply to this, is he's not included in the initial email explicitly. So they'd made a point of BCCing him BCCing. or BCCing some email list that they were on. And, and then they thought maybe there'd be other responses. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand what happened, but it, it was impressive. Yeah, it
2: is a technical feat for sure. So good on them for that. We also had like real feedback though. Luke- Luke Benek wrote in and he actually wanted to talk about C. He said, I'm someone who loves science fiction. So I gave C a watch. The premise is so impossible in the sense that there is no way that a blind mankind could possibly have the kind of outfit they wear or, t- or tattoos and war-, war paint. Why on earth would a blind person in the wild be concerned with his, her appearance that no one can see? I just cannot get past that point. And after watching two episodes, I just could not bear it anymore and decided that the show was at best stupid. I kind of don't agree with Luke here. I think that the tattoos and war paint he was referring to are, like, tactical. So, like, I think that the tattoos aren't actually tattoos. They're scars so that people can identify each other. Yeah, exactly. You can walk up to a face and know that this face is the right person and the war paint is like mud to cover up scent right because everyone in this world has like super not everyone but most people have a heightened sense of smell and then there are like super super sentient people or whatever, whatever they call them not sentient but so i think i think you're just missing kind of some of the strategy behind it and to be honest i struggled with c because I wasn't paying enough attention to all the detail to really put all the pieces together. But I think there is a lot of attention to detail and see actually, I think, I think, I don't think it's stupid.
1: Yeah. The Baba Voss also shows in a couple scenes, like how their outfits or at least his outfit is like functional, even though it looks kind of like ornate and just decorative. Cause he has like a, I forget tusks. Blow he uses to, to like impale somebody or something. Yeah, and the horn blowing. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's what I, the more the more uh, PG version. But I think he also uses something as a yeah. I'm sure about weapon, it. But there's a lot of horrible um,
2: weaponry in that in that yeah. show in general. But
1: yeah, there's a lot of ultra, ultra violence in that one, which we didn't really get into that much. But well, uh, uh, yeah, like I I had a I, I've sympathized though. I had a similar feeling and even made a similar comment when it was like, why is everybody so ornately like, um. You know, dolled out and then they I think the producers did a decent job of like in fiction being like, Well, I mean, like like you said, Jordan, a lot of the stuff is scarification rather than straight up tattoos and then also things have a use there. Or like there even with for the, the purpose of like
2: Or even with the queen, like she's dressed pretty ornately but you notice that like all of her jewelry and everything about the way she's dressed makes noise. Like she's like it's like flamboyantly loud, right? Like it's it's royal wear in a sightless world, you know. Like that makes a lot of sense to me that she would be the one, like, always jingling, you know. Anyway, there's other yeah. stuff, right? Too, like, not just the about the um, typos.
0: Yeah. So there's another email from Steve Jennings, um, and he said, "I've read the criticisms of the morning show and frequently reviews by Rotten Tomatoes and others don't reflect my tastes." In fact, I think they see too many movies and become jaded as a result. I think the acting is excellent, and I find the story very contemporary and well-written. Thumbs up from me.
2: Yeah, I, th- we, I think we all said that like, maybe the critics were slightly too harsh, because it's not like your cookie-cutter sitcom dramedy for network TV. It definitely isn't. It's, it's cut from a different cloth than that, but it's not quite HBO. So I think we agree with you that the critics were a little too hard.
1: Yeah, and even I would say like I don't. That's not my favorite show, and like I haven't watched the uh, additional episode that has been released since. But it's that's entirely personal taste as opposed to quality of program for me. So, uh, yeah, I think overall it's it's actually quite a quality program, and much more than my initial impression would have suggested. Too, there's also
2: an email from Mario Scarelli who said. It has been really exciting to watch the morning show. The news are delivered in an orthodox way and end up causing a domino effect of moral with pure journalism. Morality with pure journalism. Love the idea that news is not only to inform but also to entertain by causing friction. That's the modern journalism nowadays. Hmm. And we have a main character to the center of all this and we know who this person is. I can't wait to see what will be next. After all, that's what the show is all about. I mean, I think that there is an element to that that's true, which is particularly with like I I read an article about this. I should really cite who it was, but um, an article about how Jennifer Aniston is so perfect in this role because she's been like America's sweetheart for the last 20 years, but she's also been under such like kind of public scrutiny and harassment like around like, is she going to get pregnant? Is she ever going to get married? Is she ever going to settle down? Like a lot of just like bullshit to her and I think they're like I think that her character in the morning show is like a good a good character for us to see because it kind of does touch on who Jennifer Aniston is, which is this like America's sweetheart but has a lot of like complicated I'm sure like not always so pleasant feelings about the world she lives in you know the kind of like bubble that she lives in so I think there is something like super fascinating about watching Jennifer Jennifer Aniston play that kind of role but I don't know that I agree that modern journalism is for entertainment I think I mean it might be and it might be leaning in that direction but I don't know that that's a good thing I guess I don't know
0: Right. I mean, that is one of the debates within the show itself is that the, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, shoot, the Billy Crudup character. He gives a whole speech about how news is entertainment nowadays. And um, I think there's definitely some truth to that. Uh, so
2: lots of good feedback. What's next on the docket?
0: Well, let's talk about Disney+. So this is the, you know, like for November, we've been talking about it as sort of these dueling um, streaming launches, and, and certainly Apple's was, was very interesting. We had a lot of different shows to talk about. And, and in a lot of ways, I think probably had the more interesting original content launches. But in terms of just getting people's attention and getting people to sign up, I think Disney Plus was the big one. Apparently, they've gotten um, 10 million signups within the first day. Um, and, and you know the, the service is now live. Uh we've all played around with it. I also went to a press event last week where some of the executives kind of talked about their plans for it, their vision for it. So I'm just, you know, what I'm curious what you guys think of it overall, even, you know, Mandalorian aside.
2: You can go ahead, Daryl. I, I have some thoughts, but I'd like to hear what you say
1: first. It had some technical issues at launch, but to be honest, I was expecting that and it really did not bother me at all. And I thought that there was a lot of um noise about it and I was like okay sure if they have technical issues after launch then let's talk but also
2: like wasn't it like a monday
1: it was a t- tuesday. The, tuesday. uh tuesday tuesday yeah
2: it's like a tuesday yeah. in the middle of the day like they solved it by nighttime didn't they like what was everyone's problem Pretty i don't much. understand why there was like my i had a phone call with my sister and i was telling her that i was like watching the show or whatever and she was like didn't that like have a bunch of like problems and it like didn't work and was totally broken and i was like why do you know about that? Like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just so weird to me. People really
1: it was weird. Out. It was a, it was a fairly big story and there was a lot of press about it. And then, and to be fair though, I mean, that had no effect. And then the, the 10 million number had, tons of positive effect for them so I don't think they're sweating it but it was a weird <laughs> it like, was
2: a weird collective like freak out over this thing that like why, why are we all freaking out again <laughs> like I just I, I don't feel like anybody had any perspective on that one it was
0: weird. I, I will, I, I, mean I agree that ultimately no one cares there are probably a couple of people on the product and technical team who had a very stressful Tuesday um, but other yeah. than that I don't think anyone at Disney is going to care about that a week from now as long as it doesn't happen again. I think one of the reasons people sort of made such a big deal is because there's been so much buildup to this. And, you know, Disney is a company with as close to infinite resources as any company. And so the fact that yeah. even they had hiccups, I think, was, you would, you would think that, you know, somebody at that level, they, they would have been able to, to iron out some of that stuff. And, and I will say that, Without naming names, because I think this was sort of during an informal portion of the event, but I was definitely talking to people at Disney about do you ex- you know, are, should we expect that there will be, you know, the sort of normal hiccups that happen when you guys launch? And they were very blase about it. There were, you know, we've got ESPN Plus, we've got, we've seen, you know, massive levels of viewership for some of these pay per view games. Um,
1: Right. Like, we understand volume, you silly child. We got it. Right. <laughs>
0: and uh, that turned out not to be entirely true. I think it turned out to be true enough that, like, overall now you go on, it runs very smoothly and beautifully. And this is like, this is very high quality video, too. Um, but uh, they didn't quite come out of the gate running.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, th- that makes sense. Especially if a lot of these people who were on this beat were like at that event or similar events and they were making these kinds of claims, then it's like I can understand the reaction a bit yeah. more, right? Because it's like, no, but this is explicitly in contravention with what you said about how this would go.
2: So I have like other thoughts about Disney Plus. Like I <laughs> it's it's weird because like part of me, a smaller part, the minority of me, is like really amped and really excited and had a blast last night going through and like creating my list, you know, like I literally went through like everything and like went through and added all the stuff that I would want to watch, but I actually like didn't want to watch any of it. That's the thing. It's like, Oh,
1: interesting. it's
2: like, I went and added every Disney movie, every Pixar movie that I love, like all of the, like disney channel original movies like xenon and brink and stuff that i watched as a kid and would like love to see again and like the marvel movies and the star wars stuff and i went and what like, added it all and then i was like but like when do i actually want to watch the little mermaid you know like when like it's almost like the act of creating the list and like taking a screenshot of it <laughs> and like putting it on some profile somewhere is like the whole point like i don't And I'll see. I signed up for the annual. (laughs) All that said, I signed up for the annual (laughs) membership. Um, But like I will like I would like to see that for like $70 a year. I am really curious as to how much I'm actually going to how many movies or or series will I actually see? Like, do I actually I'm excited about the Lizzie McGuire reboot, for example, like kind of. But like, I don't know if I could sit through more than like two episodes of Lizzie McGuire without being like, what am I watching? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this nostalgia makes it work. But I think I I just don't think that like my TV viewing experience can be powered by nostalgia other than like a very small, like two, three percent of my TV viewing is going to be or movie viewing is going to be like, oh, nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like this, this is going to fuel me through like two hours of a Oh, I don't know. Aladdin, I could probably watch a lot. But like, You know what I mean? I can only see, like, a Disney movie how often. I don't know. And that's, like, to me, a lot of what it is. Like, I'm not a huge Marvel fan. Star Wars is fine. We all know my journey, my Star Wars journey. We'll talk more about it later, I'm sure. But, like, you know, I I just... Do you guys get what I'm saying? Like, do you actually want to watch anything on Disney Plus? Like, I don't...
1: No, I don't. And, And I consider all of that, like... The like the the legacy content, I mean the the existing the throwback content. I consider all of that kind of like this is the part of the service that's for I don't know my uh, sister and like her family, like for the kids or something. Like it's not for me, and I'm I'm here almost exclusively for the for the originals and also for the like some of the stuff that I haven't seen that's in my wheelhouse. So. I'm watching Rebels, for instance, because I didn't watch all of Rebels when it was actually airing, like the Star Wars cartoon show. It's recent, relatively recent. Um, And then I'll watch the one that comes after that. I forget what it's called, the Resistance or something. And there's some of the the stuff in there like that, that I'll fill in the gaps. Like maybe uh, I also haven't seen like Moana, for instance, or some of the more recent Disney movies. And I'll probably watch those as well now that I have access to them. But those are kind of all one and done. And I'll probably watch The Rocketeer because it's a great movie. And then I'll probably watch all of Gargoyles over again because it's a deep, deep, um, rich, creative world that everybody needs to know and understand, especially now that they're going to bring it back. For oh my sure. God. 100%. You are so intense right now.
2: Please take a breath. <laughs> I, like take a sip of water. I can't deal with this like level of intensity from you, please. Holy shit. That was scary. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So I (laughs) I had the
0: exact opposite response that I have. I mean, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about The Mandalorian in a little bit. But in general, I mean, I think the, the originals are interesting. But especially at launch, you know, there's The Mandalorian is basically the one scripted show. Everything else is this sort of unscripted stuff, which doesn't necessarily interest me that much. And so for me, the appeal was entirely the catalog. And I've already... Rewatched Up, which I that was the first thing I watched. And I was of course, just, like, sobbing the whole way through because that is possibly the best Pixar movie. Um, maybe Inside Out, it, Inside Out or Up might be the best, but that's the one I rewatched. Then I rewatched Avengers End Game, and then I rewatched uh, The Force Awakens. And it, 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 yeah, it just feels like there's this this incredible library. I'm, I'm also, I mean, I would say you know, I'm, I, I love watching movies. I love rewatching movies. So this is you know just extremely in my wheelhouse I'm also just excited that there's like all these like classic Disney films that are you know by all accounts like great films like Pinocchio or Fantasia that like I watched as a kid but have not watched since then and so I'm excited to revisit those I'm excited to revisit you know some of the 90s Disney films that again I probably haven't seen since I was a kid and and I understand that sort of some of that is like nostalgia and some of that is just like I don't necessarily need to relive all the movies that i enjoyed as a kid and and so for that reason i do think that the original content stuff um is important and you know hopefully disney at some point will get back to making movies that are not tied to giant franchises and those can also have a place in here too but um that definitely my reaction to it was was i understand like i've had that response on like netflix where i'll like especially it'll be like more arty and serious films. I'll be like, all right, add this to the queue. And then I'm like, i I when am I ever going to be in the mood to watch this like documentary about genocide. <laughs> like about like Beaver uh but I don't have that response. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that response on Disney Plus. Disney Plus it's like all my guilty pleasure. Not all of them because well, I was going to say Star Trek, but Star Trek is not a guilty pleasure. It's just pleasure. <laughs> uh and this is, you know, a lot of my guilty pleasures. It's just like, okay, great. Like if I want to rewatch any of these Marvel movies, I can, any of these Star Wars movies, Um, a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff uh, with Star Wars. So I don't know. I, I think like for me, it, it was much more about. Well, I catalog. think I
2: will end up like, I think I'll get my 70 bucks a year out of it. You know, like if you think about the cost of one of these movies on like iTunes or something, Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll get yeah. my money's worth, but like, I just don't, I'm not, it was exciting to go through and see all of the movies. And I think that if I had a kid and I had like a little like three or four year old or something, and I could just like literally curate a playlist of all of the Disney movies I watched as a kid, I would be super amped for this. Like, wow, what a cost saver. Right. I'm like pre-vetted, pre-vetted movies. Right. Like that's perfect. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know when, Maybe the Moodle strike. Maybe like I'll wake up on a Saturday and binge like 12 movies. I do have an important question though. The Marvel stuff. So I've been like flirting with the idea of doing all of the Marvel movies. Cause I think I've probably seen like three of all of them. You know what I mean? Like at some point in my life on a plane or mm-hmm. something. And like, so is everything on Disney and is there an order that I should go in or should I go like title character by title character or like, is that a longer discussion? Should we not even talk about it right now? Like, what do you guys think? <laughs> no, let's talk about it. I think we should
1: have, I don't think they have everything, right? Some stuff's still locked up with some of the yeah, deals. But
0: primarily with Netflix. So basically if you have Disney plus and Netflix, you can, you can, I think you won't be able to see the Spider-Man movies because those are owned by Sony, but otherwise, um and i'm not sure about the hulk movie but like there are like a few small exceptions but you can basically watch everything if you have the combination of disney plus and netflix and i think by a certain point next year as long as you have disney plus you'll have everything
1: yeah and hulk isn't canon with this mcu anyway (laughs) i mean i meant the edward norton one no even that one's not though no it is Oh, I thought that wasn't part of this cinematic. Robert universe. Downey Jr.'s yeah. in it.
2: Yeah, wake up, Daryl. Get oh, your head out of your ass. What? So I've seen
1: it, but I don't remember it. Well, the good news is you can see Marvel's in humans. That's true. If I,
2: like, do you think I would enjoy doing that? Like Star Wars was like an easy one because there were all the cons, but then there was the pro of like, it's right up your alley. It's actually like just space heroes. But like I don't know if this is even up my alley, you know? What, what I would
0: say maybe is, is watch – well, so there's a couple different things you can do. One is you can just watch the first Avengers movie and just see if you like it. And, like, if you don't like that, the odds that you're going to like anything else are, are not very high.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's a good list. But
0: other than that, I mean, I, I, w- I do think that, like, some that, – that there are people where you could literally just watch all the movies with Avengers in their title. And you'd miss some of the in-jokes. You'd miss some of the character stuff but you would still fundamentally understand the story. It would be a very satisfying experience, and it would only take, you know, eight hours as opposed to 40 hours.
1: But you'd miss some of the best movies because the best movies aren't those movies. Yeah, necessary. I'm
2: definitely. Like, everything that you just said to me it was actually insulting. Like, it kind of made me mad.
1: Like, you'll <laughs> miss some of the <laughs> I was That was for somebody else. You'll you miss
2: some of the in-jokes. It's like, what the fuck is the point then? Why would I even watch it? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Then, then do it. I would say start
0: start with the first Avengers as a litmus test. Just be like, do I like this? And then if you don't, and then if you do like it, then you can just watch. Um, basically, if you go on Wikipedia or something, we'll, we'll get you we'll get you a list. Which and you should watch. We'll get you your order. We'll watch all the movies in chronological order. Don't. What you should not do is like watch all the Iron Man movies and then all the Captain America movies and then all the because I think yeah. that's going to be really confusing. It's going to sort of jump around in the chronology. Like if you want to do everything. Watch it in the order it was released.
2: Yeah. And it'll be tiring, too, to watch, like, three Iron Man movies in a row. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that.
0: Right. But it'll also, like, the thing is, like, the third Iron Man movie, like, ties into the first Avengers. And so that's why you kind of got to watch them all um, if you're going to do it that way.
2: That's part of the problem why I can't like just g- jump in. There's no jumping on point. They're like, I tried to remember I told you guys I tried to watch. A, was it Infinite War?
0: Oh, yeah. Infinity War. Yeah.
2: Or something. Infinity War. <laughs> and, like the scene opens and it's like a bunch of people are dead and there's some dude that looks like an alien and I don't know what the fuck they're talking. They're like in a different language and shit. And I'm like, what? This is not the start of a movie. I don't know what is going on right <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that one follows basically right Right. off of Thor. Well, and yeah, and it does feel
0: like by the later films, it's this, it feels almost like you're watching an episode of a TV series that happens to come out a few times a year and cost hundreds of millions of dollars each time.
1: And each episode is, yeah, gigantic and long. Got it. Okay.
0: I will say that all the movies, I mean, I, I don't. I think there are like lots of critiques about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but on a movie by movie level, the movies are pretty good. And so as long as you, you pace yourself properly, it'll be a good time.
1: And with the exception of the early, (laughs) that's right. But they're fine. It's just probably not worth your time to watch or anybody's time. I have one final thought. My main thing is just UX issues. Like I don't, find i don't know how you can resume watching the stuff that you were watching you have to like literally manually navigate to that thing and then right click it again as far as i can tell so there's, there's no, no way continue to show like, hey, you were watching no there is a continue not, that watching. I, not that i can find where
0: let me see okay i'm opening disney plus right now to see if uh if i have a continue watching in here i
1: couldn't i couldn't find that and i couldn't find like a watch next for
0: like the stuff that i had
1: in progress
0: huh I remember seeing it. Continue watching when I saw the demo on an iPad. Where
1: are you using the Apple TV? But yeah,
0: in the browser, uh, I've been using the iPad app primarily.
1: Yeah, because if I look at the iPad app, which I just did, I oh. still couldn't see any. But if I go into yeah. Apple TV, like the you know the native TV, it'll suggest the next episode of whatever i was watching in the disney plus one so if i want some kind of resume feature i can't you get it through the native app or the native web interface i think or the apple point
2: TV is app. that like the folks over at netflix or the folks over at disney and hbo need to hire a f- uh, couple of the guys from netflix to get their ui and ux yeah and apple too out. i
1: mean apple isn't there yet netflix has basically set the standard and everybody else For should real. Just copy real like what are you unless- doing they are legally even Apple from copied doing, the
2: skip so, intro like, thing. Did you notice that? Yeah, smart, yeah, yeah, but smart it doesn't work like, as well.
1: But, yep, it, that's it's, what it's do right it. Idea. Why not? Yeah. you
2: know, it works. We love it. I love that skip intro button.
1: To so Anthony's earlier point, though, the, the actual quality of the streamed video is very good in the Disney app, in my experience. So, I, I like agree. that. Um, I, most of these, most of these services get that right. Apple gets it really right, like, they're, they're the quality of their stream video is very, very, very high. But, like, there's – and there's some, though, like, Crave is a Canadian one. I'll just name and shame them because it's so bad. Like, they're terrible at it. Their content looks like garbage. And it's almost like, why even bother having this uh, if you're going to present it in that – I mean, to be fair, you've said a lot of nice
2: things about Crave, too. So –
1: well, it's good in that it collects a lot of content in one place. It's bad in that all of that content looks so <laughs> bad that you're just like, Why am I even oh, bothering you
2: win some you lose?
0: Before them. we move on, I think we I, two other things I wanted to mention were that I did watch so there are some of these unscripted series. The one that I watched was The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Did you guys watch any
2: of that? I just saw it be oh, promoted I watched that. at me. Yes. But I didn't fall for it. <laughs> I didn't take the bait.
0: It's very Jeff Goldblum-y
1: yeah it's uh, yeah it really is. what is the premise? I the think format, the premise is good. It's kind of like like they basically just say like, hey, what's a what's a regular thing that is interesting to Jeff Goldblum, I guess, <laughs> or or however they actually source the ideas. But like the first episode mm-hmm. is about sneakers. And so he just like goes to a sneaker conference and talks to some of these like sneakerhead people, uh, including collectors vendors and like a custom shoemaker guy. So Panzerino, our boss, yeah. and the editor of TechCrunch would probably love this single episode or have so many issues with it because it's <laughs> so dumb. Why didn't right. they talk about thing XYZ that because I know? To because I down to 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's entertaining because he's, like, you know, <laughs> just gold-blooming all over the place, right. like being basically right. the naive, like, oh, look at this. It's so delightful. Everything is so delightful and interesting and whatever. So... It's pretty fun and it's only thirty minutes. I think that's the key to it, is that it's like just enough uh gold bloom posturing that you're like you get out okay. At one point in the show he actually does acknowledge his own posturing too, which I found quite nice. Um, but like yeah, it's good. I, I think it's good. I'll keep watching them. If I, I I could not this is not one right. I could binge because it would be too much right. gold bloom. But uh on a on a half hour by half hour week to week basis i think i'm gonna
0: right well that's one of the other interesting things is both apple tv plus and disney plus are doing weekly releases um in the in the case of tv plus i think there were a few shows where they just did the whole season and and but most for most of them they they did three episodes in week one and and it's just going to be week to week from now on disney plus Plus. It is just week to week um which i i was just sort of shocked that like all we get of the mandalorian was one episode uh but it seems like that is the the release model that, that these big media you know oh well, i guess apple is not a media company but like that that seems to be there's some pushback against the binging model which i know jordan in the past you have not been thrilled about people yes. not making things available to binge and I, assume you, you still feel that way that this is sort of dumb that they're not that you can't just yeah. watch all the episodes of Mandalorian at once.
1: Yeah, I think both both Disney and Apple are coming into this with like very few originals, and if they're hoping to like catch people with originals, like they need to catch them over a period of time, right? So uh apple especially like apple doesn't have a deep bench to rely on Uh, like netflix when it started out didn't have many originals but they had tons and tons of other people's content right Uh, netflix didn't have any originals i should say but uh apple doesn't have that to rely on so they have to kind of meet out their content I, i think and then disney similarly they've got their entire back catalog which is huge and great for some people but i think our discussion right now proves that there's a certain group that are only coming to it for the originals or like, that's the bigger draw for them. And if those weren't there and if they weren't coming out on a kind of staged basis, as opposed to an all at once basis, then people might be quicker to just come in and then leave. Uh, There's, there's reports we've already seen like the Mandalorian is one of the most pirated television shows of all time. Right. So some people are just doing that route, but you would hope that that means is that, A smaller audience is actually paying for it, but that should still be a sizable, considerable audience, right? And some of those people are only here for that. Um, So I think that's that's kind of why they've gone with this, like, let's stage it out route as opposed to. So, yeah, I think
2: like, so Apple's a good example. Like Apple with their three episode release, I literally wouldn't be watching C. Like C is probably like my most hyped show right now. Like I am actually excited to see what happens next. And I'm excited that tomorrow's Friday. I mean, you guys will hear this on Saturday. So sorry, but like, you know what I mean? And that would not be the case if I couldn't watch the second episode, like right away. You know what I mean? Um, but I think there are other.
1: Oh, if you'd only yeah, seen yeah, one like, of I that know. show
2: so and and i think that's true honestly i think apple's like not good at pilots or like not good at like the the pilots are good but they're not like i don't know they don't blow your mind or anything where you're like oh my god i can't wait to see what happens next it's not till like halfway through episode two of all of the shows that i watched on apple that i was like oh okay i'm i'm in it you know what i mean so but i think there are certain kinds of shows and i think the mandalorian is one of them um Game of Thrones is another good example that is like, it's great to have a week in between like shows that be, can become like this huge cultural touch point and have us all wrapped up in conversation for a week about it and developing theories and, you know, getting excited. Like that to me is okay on a weekly basis, but I think it's hard to, ter- to determine off the bat what those shows are going to be, you know, like it's hard to know. I don't think that, people really expected game of thrones to become quite what it was even though it was you know we were all excited about it but it really turned into something with a life of its own i think the mandalorian just given you know it's tie to the star wars community is going to be something like that where people are talking about it like there's already a bunch of articles up about the end of episode one of the mandalorian right so like i mean I think that's okay to have on a weekly basis because it kind of like feeds this fuel of like this community thing that I think is really interesting, but everything else needs to be bingeable. The morning show needs to be bingeable to me. Like C needs to be bingeable to me. I don't think there's like, you know, I could see a world in which C could go weekly, but.
1: Yeah, I I fell off of like morning show. I think probably yep. because of that reason. Like, if it was all there, I probably would have just burned through it real quick. But the but now I I don't know. I'll I'll probably return. Well, to and I it, think what
2: it. a lot of people will do and what they do already. My mom does this all the time with shows. She waits for the whole, like she doesn't run the risk like I do of getting spoiled on the internet immediately, and she will wait until an entire season's out and binge it. Like I think, you know be really easy to just wait like I there's no rush to see the morning show for me you know what I mean like there's no big conversation happening around it tomorrow so
1: yeah there's not a lot of spoiler talk yeah so like what why
2: wouldn't I just wait until I can watch it all at once because it's not sticky enough to have me coming back once a week you know what I mean it just feels disjointed I've forgotten what happened last time it just feels like this singular little like 40 minute window that doesn't have as much of an impact because of that. And then it just goes away and floats away and it becomes nothing, you know, or as if I sat and watched it for yeah. six hours and finished a season on a Saturday, I would be like, you know, or over the course of two days, I would be like, Oh, I'm talking about morning show. I'm thinking about morning show. This is like something that's baked into me now, you know?
0: Right. I mean, I also think like, yeah, like for a show, like, um, the Jeff Goldblum show or this uh, Kristen Bell show encore, which I mean, I haven't watched, but like, I, I feel like a lot of these unscripted shows, oh, like, I, I, yeah, I just don't know why you wouldn't release all the episodes. It's not like, you know, like, there's a plot line or cliffhangers or anything that makes it more interesting to watch it week to week. I mean, even if you don't want to watch them all at once, like, why not just Put them all out. It seems kind of strange to me. Um, that's it. I I do like the fact that that you know I, I think when when Game of Thrones ended there was some of this hand wringing of like is this the end of that sort of like week to week episodic experience where everybody every week is talking about something and and maybe that's true in the sense that I I don't, I don't you know I don't know yet what the next show is going to be that's going to capture everyone's imagination the way Game of Thrones did um, I think that to some extent that's sort of unpredictable but. I, I do like that, that, there, you know, there, there is this, that, that there is, there, there's at least, at least is an acknowledgement um, of the value of that experience. So like, I, I agree that there are a lot of shows where a binge release makes sense. I think there are other shows where week to week makes sense. And, and maybe that changes over the course of a show's run, especially if it becomes more popular or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm glad in this case that, that at least they're, they're spacing things out a little bit more, even if there are, you know, sort of, practical reasons why they need to do that
2: yeah i think it's tough too to like think through like what's the solution to that because you can't very well put a full season out and then for season two come to weekly and you really don't know what is going to last or become super significant on its own in one episode at a time i mean the three episodes plus one a week is a nice compromise to that but i also think that's a little bit annoying because you really do like three episodes that's three hours for a lot of shows it's you know two hours for others like that's a good chunk of time to spend with something and be excited about it only to have to wait a week and only get like a little tiny dose you know it's just like it kind of yeah. turns you off so i don't really know what the solution is to that but anyway
0: yeah i think there's gonna be a lot of experimentation with that moving forward but okay now let us actually move forward to the Mandalorian which, again, is a live-action Star Wars series. It was created by Jon Favreau. Um, it takes place between Return of the Jedi and the new Star Wars movies, specifically uh, Force Awakens. So it's like after the Empire has fallen, and it focuses on this mysterious bounty hunter character who's a member of the Mandalorian uh, race, which is the uh, the same group of people that... Uh, Boba Fett was part of and is sort of this space Western. I think we can talk, I mean, you know, there's only real, there's not really a ton of spoilers yet anyway, but I think we can talk about this in general terms about just our, our own impressions without spoiling anything for people who haven't watched it yet. We can probably do a more spoilery discussion once the full season is out. Um, What did we think of it? I'm sorry. Can you
2: rewind a little bit? It happens when, like, can you say that Uh, in ways that make sense?
1: after the original <laughs> movies like the the ones that came out in the 70s and and right. early 80s a- after the end of those and then before and then. the new ones that so just basically, got out, like you the, remember uh, there's, there's a
0: scene where the emperor is killed and everyone is celebrating and so the the, the empire as we knew it in, in the in the sort of the core star wars movies is gone um and so this is like sort of fairly shortly afterwards cuz there's some dialogue about Oh, the, you know, that there, there are that there's like remnants of the Empire, but basically it has just fallen. But like the First Order, which sort of replaces the Empire in The Force Awakens hasn't come up yet. So, I mean, the main thing you just need to know is there was a galactic empire. It has it has fallen and people are dealing with the consequences. Right, right,
2: right. OK. Back on track. Sorry. Go ahead. What do you think, Daryl? You're the Star Wars guy. What do you think?
1: Oh, well, I did, like, I don't know. I loved it. it was great, <laughs> but I feel like it was more than just Star Wars. I, I thought it was just really good pacing. It had a a lot of super fun cameos in it. Like obviously Werner Herzog was the big kind of like hyped one, but there was a lot more going on in there too. Like Nick Nolte played the uh, Ugnot Moisture Farmer, which was a good one that you would not have known if you didn't read the credits. Uh, Carl Weathers, it's very Nick Nolte ish. What you thought you found the the Ugnoc Moisture Farmer Nolte?
0: Although I mean I knew that going into it because there had been like oh. uh, when when there was a, there was a commercial where uh, they they had his character and everyone was like if you want to see Nick Nolte's character in the Mandalorian watch this commercial so I did
1: oh okay I see but the, the, I didn't know I didn't, I didn't I guess I didn't pay as much attention I didn't know Horatio Sands was in I didn't know Brian Posehn was in it Brian Posehn's guest spot was also really really good uh he was the land speeder driver um I yeah like, I don't know is the I, droid I, right what's that Taika yes Wattiti the is the droid yeah Tycho watiti is the uh, uh, assassin droid without giving away much more than that and then um Horatio sands is like one of the bounties the first bounty so
0: oh I didn't realize that was him nice
1: yes yeah uh yeah they were all good they brought uh, uh, like because there were so many actual professional comedians in this, I think it brought, uh, uh, accessibility that has not been present in a lot of the rest of the star Wars series since maybe the original trilogy and some, some of the stuff that that was in the newer series too. But like, it was a lot of the stuff that I like most about, um, star Wars. And a lot of the stuff that I like most about the Favreau Iron Man, Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, man <laughs> which ones iron did he man? do he did I iron did man one. one right he did one and two and two yeah and he he was like the guy who created the signature kind of like the style if you're looking at the marvel movies in general and you're kind of counter positioning them with like the dc approach which was the dark and dreary super serious whatever and then marvel movies have always been good because they have that sense of humor that like Ryness, right the cleverness and the quickness and that's i think all Fabro or at least was put there originally by favreau uh and then carried out successfully by just about everybody else but like it's it's all throughout this show too and it makes it great as much as it's also there's a lot going on too dramatically that is very interesting and and especially if you're a big big fan of the series that i like i am and you and the lore and kind of you know about the mandalorians and like what happened to them and how they uh what their i guess historical arc was in fiction that's also super interesting so i I just thought it was great i thought it was like super engaging uh super uh, entertaining throughout the hour or so or whatever it is and and uh it's one of those ones where it did it was not a false start it was not like something where it's like it's a slow burn i gotta wait and see what's going on it was like i want the next episode right away to me Jordan, when you were talking about it, I thought like, yes, this is the kind of show you do that with. Like, you go weekly because it's it's a big enough draw to get people coming back. And the other one that's recent that comes up to me like that is the Watchmen, like on the HBO. And these to me feel they both feel like must watch, must follow weekly anticipation shows, which is a really good thing and not something that I think a lot of. Yeah, shows I think can that the,
2: there's room for those, and I think this is probably one of them. Just there's a lot to be to because it's part of this larger universe that's been kind of talked about for decades, it has the ability to carry like a weekly conversation. You know what I mean? And I don't know about Watchmen yet. I still need to get to that, but I believe that you're right with it. And I think a small percentage, you know, two, 3% of all television can be weekly in a, in a good way, you know, or at least on, on streaming platforms. I was fine with the Mandalorian. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more, Lost, I feel like in in all of it. I'm just like trying to like keep track of stuff. Where whereas I feel like you guys are really comfortable in it already and are like, oh yeah, look at that.
0: We probably also read like ten articles about it before we watched it, so that may have helped.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I was I came in like kind of just a little cold. I knew we were watching The Mandalorian. I knew that had something to do with Star Wars, and that's when I when I started watching. But I really enjoyed it. Like I I. I had fun. It felt like sitting down to watch a star Wars movie, honestly, like for me, you know, one of the new ones. So I really enjoyed it.
1: I think it has that. It it really does a good job of fitting in, in that way too. Like as much as it's a, a Favreau joint and like stuff like the, the Brian and guest spot, like don't feel distinctly star Wars. They feel more, a bit too more, too real to exist in that world. But like, It also still simultaneously feels like it is within the universe properly, and like you can see, like oh, those stories are told in the same universe as like the modern ones, the movies that are that are on right now, and that are you know the last one that's coming out in December. Like they don't seem uh, dissimilar enough to be happening in totally different separate universes.
0: But I do like the fact that it is. It feels very different at the same time, partly because the the stakes are a lot lower, that there's no sense yet, at least, of um, some sort of, you know, galaxy. Yeah, like the fate of the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. is Exactly. And, and I think, like, when when Rogue One came out, I actually wrote um, a review for TechCrunch, which was about the idea of, like, being excited about these off Star Wars movies, the ones that didn't tie into the, I guess, what Disney is now calling the Skywalker saga. Um, And, and because I think it was, if you're going to make this much Star Wars content, it has to be more varied. It can't just be oh the sith have risen again <laughs> a chosen jedi has to fight them like you have to come up with with other stories and and that like um you know there, there was this sense of that when people talk about star wars that there's this wider universe i mean there, it, that idea of expanded universe of all the novels and everything that has sort of been pushed out of the canon but that that you know there's there's so much happening that isn't you know the main storyline But what we've actually seen in the movies is entirely this, almost entirely this this big storyline of the Skywalkers and Jedi versus versus Sith. And so I think TV really feels like the opportunity to explore something else. And and so even though, I mean, I think if you sort of analyze the pieces of the Mandalorian, it, it is very much just like, okay, what if it was, you know, a bounty hunter character from a western, like the man with no name, you know, from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, or whoever, and in space, and like that's it. Like it is very yeah. simple in that sense of like the setup is is like, and then then but you know, and and he's sort of amoral at the beginning, and again, without getting into spoilers, I think it will not surprise people to know that there will be sort of an awakening of his conscience as, as the, as the series goes on to what extent that makes a difference. uh, We genuinely don't know yet, but um, it, it it is this sort of very classic Western story, but just by putting that in the star Wars universe, it feels really fresh and different.
1: Yeah. It's, it's classic Western, but it's also like uh, the, that arc that you're kind of alluding to, like, when we see him in the beginning and he kind of like rescues that bounty, but it turns out he just wants the bounty for himself. Right. It's like this, that feels like a character we know very well because we have had so much time, um, you know, and, and kind of like immersion in like the Boba Fett type, uh, story, right. Of someone who looks identical to this character on the outside because wear the same armor or whatever. And you know, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, like you know, like his whole thing is he's just cold as ice. Like he, he gets the job done. That's all he does, and there's no conscience involved or anything like that. So, I think they're playing with that too. Like the they're, they're playing with the trope of like a classic simple cowboy story in a really really good way, well executed way. And then they're also playing with like here are all your assumptions from a Star Wars universe perspective. If you have those assumptions, right? I don't think that's required for viewing and for enjoyment. But I think it's there in a way that doesn't exclude like newcomers to, to the audience either. I don't know, Jordan, did you find that was like a problem or like that you were lacking anything because you weren't necessarily so familiar with like, you know?
2: No, no, I don't think it was like that. I think it's more like when you know, you're watching something that is part of this has this like super rich history and is in this universe that like, you know, I don't have memorized. It's not Westeros to me. You know what I mean? So I think you're just always looking for what you're missing. Do you know what I mean? And that can be slightly distracting. And like, I think it was more like that, where like, am I missing something? Like, it, am I supposed to know this name? Am I supposed to like, recognize this species? You know what I mean? Like, am I supposed to recognize this planet? Like, is this, was that familiar? Was this familiar? Like, Right. i didn't really know that i i watched with maria though and i will i'll talk about it during spoilers but um yeah i didn't feel i didn't feel like lost lost i think you're just like i think it's easy to be slightly distract distracted by what you could miss you know what i mean so that that was a piece of it but no i i felt good did one question did he ever take off his helmet
0: i would be very surprised if he ever takes off his helmet um it it seems like well actually well I don't know uh, I, I certainly so he does not take off his helmet uh, in the first episode no spoiler there we'll see if he ever does
2: why do you guys think he wouldn't like is that something right. you guys know about Mandalorians that I don't know like that's what I'm talking about
1: no I think it's more uh, to Anthony's point earlier kind of like just the way that it that it's borrowing from from like source material or like inspirational material that it would be like kind of like a core thing of the thing but I don't it's not like a Mandalorian thing Well, I mean it is kind of like we don't get to see Boba Fett's face we do get to see uh well yeah I guess we see him as a fucking baby in the made up bad movies that are not real Uh and that's the, the prequel we, yeah, series we got, it. I'm we talking got about. it we got it and we see Django but it, yeah, in the so I don't know—is that what you're referencing, or are you referencing more? No, the... I guess
0: I was also just thinking like um, y- y- we just don't know. But like the style of it, and there's like an, a line at the beginning which suggests to me where where the um, you know the alien bounty asks him like, "Oh, is it you guys just never take your helmets off?" And and so I could genuinely see them. I mean, if right. he takes his helmet off, it's not happening before the finale. Is it would be my guess. Like you're gonna most of the show. He's gonna be wearing that helmet, and that's how we're gonna see him. Um, it also just reminds me of—I remember—I don't think it's quite this extreme, but like when they made movies about Judge Dredd, the comic book character, and in the and in the comics, he never takes his helmet off. And in the Sylvester Stallone movie, he takes his helmet off in like the first five minutes, and then you know the people who really cared about the comics were like, "Oh, this is gonna be shit." And, and then, uh, when they re- released a new one a few years ago, they made a big deal about the fact that like, no, 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 Dred is never going to take his helmet off and he never takes his helmet off in the movie. I don't think people care about it that much, but it does seem like something intrinsic to this character is that sort of classic look. And, and so like for us to see beyond that is going to like, we have to get to know him a lot better first. And it would imply some moment a real vulnerability that we haven't gotten to yet. Although there are little hints of that when you see him interacting with the other Mandalorians, but, but in Mm -hmm. general, there's something about the mystery of this character that I think is really important.
1: Yeah, he has, he, he definitely has some moments where it's like, uh, it's well voice acted, like given all the constraints of like having to be uniformed and everything else. And you get a sense of him as a more, person, and to me, that's like I wonder if they. It, I, I mean, it, it would be a very interesting creative challenge for them to continue to do that and never have that reveal happen. Um, I just don't know how bold they are or how like committed to that they are. So, i I, I mean, it, it, super interesting if they do do that. And I think, but I, and I think that's kind of be kind of part of the tension of watching the show is is he gonna take his helmet off or is he not gonna take his helmet off? And that's I, I'm all I'm down for that. One thing I noticed was just in that opening scene, I mean, he basically
0: has no dialogue. He's completely silent. Everyone is talking to him or talking about him, but he says almost nothing, which is true to the Boba Fett character. And then as the episode goes on, he starts to get a little bit more talkative, and you start to get a little bit more of like the the standard kind of action hero stuff where, you know, the big gun comes out and he's like, oh, uh-oh. And, and they you know like jokes and 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 you know and and i think frankly like that's kind of necessary because if it was really this guy who said nothing
1: for our it'd be really hard to carry a show (laughs) Uh, i
0: was a little disappointed but i understand why they did i think that's probably the right choice but it was nice that at least at the beginning it was just this like complete blank wall
1: yeah i think they can still use that effectively if it's like in select scenarios that's a thing that he can access right but at the same time we still get our kind of han solo character in the other moments where it's like this is a fun ride to be on uh like for instance the scene like the one with him and the droid is the their entire sequence is really good and mostly because of the humor that i assume like taika watiti has injected into that uh character but i really like that i thought that was great and i thought it was like a kind of a classic um kind of pairing uh even though it's like yeah okay killer droid and then also other bounty hunter guy but it was really effective i hope that they continue to do more of that and don't go like too far in one direction or the other i'm like i'm just glad they didn't go with like the oh you all wanted to see a boba fett show so we just made a boba fett show and he's just kind of like the impassive killer the entire time
0: yeah i think that would have been really hard to to pull off um so it's not I mean Jordan, did you want to talk a little
2: bit about spoilers too? Oh, do we not want to do that?
0: I'm fine either way. I mean, I, I was just thinking, you know, in the same way with the Apple shows, because it's like mid it's only we've only seen one episode. There's not that much to talk about in spoilers. So people
2: I was just gonna say, since I've had nothing to really contribute, I was just gonna say that the end, I don't have to share what it is, but the end of the first episode, you know, Maria is a Star Wars person and like watched Star Wars growing up the whole time, and I wasn't, obviously, and she really started freaking out at the end that's just what i'll say that that like clicked me in and was like okay star wars people are amped on this i mean not that they weren't but that was like the proof in the pudding moment do you guys know what i'm talking about
0: yeah i know exactly what you're okay, talking about cool i
1: yes daryl yeah. did
0: you have the same response
1: yeah i mean it was i don't it wasn't because uh, it's hard to talk about with those players but like when I was thinking about it in the frame of reference of like the overall uh for, at first I was like oh what the hell and then I was like wait a minute remember the the sequence of history in this fiction so at first I was really blown away and then I was like this is still super interesting but yeah. for a moment I was really <laughs> on the wrong path here where I thought this I think was something Maria that was too. couldn't possibly be so uh, but still exciting nonetheless Yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah yeah yeah
1: Still super exciting, yeah, and like uh, and more qu- more interesting questions yeah. after What's that. This all? Like, about? I don't know, wonder. For sure, yeah.
2: Did you feel that yeah. way, Anthony?
0: I felt more like muted. I was like, all right, that's a good cliffhanger. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is crazy. But I mean, I think that also reflects my general relationship to Star Wars, where I like it. Um, I'm, you know, uh, happy to to watch the movies, although I've still never seen Attack of the Clones, and. I, you know, I think, there, you know, it, it's it's interesting to talk about in particular, but I'm not this sort of diehard fan. So I think it would make sense that my response is like, all right, pretty good cliffhanger. Let's see what they do next week.
2: You just always um, have to be different. Don't yeah. You,
0: Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it wasn't like I didn't dislike it. It was fine. It was fine. I, I guess it also like confir- like that was my general feeling about the episode is definitely I like it. I've you know I've now I'm I'm a subscriber so I'm gonna watch all of it but it was interesting to me that it because it was also only like forty minutes long it is short for an hour long drama um, and and I think part of that is just you know probably that's where they wanted to end the episode part of that I suspect is also that I, they're probably spending a crazy amount of money on this because it just you know there's so many effects and it really is sort of the level. Of a Star Wars movie visually, and and so I just don't think you could make like thirteen hours that are a full hour each or or longer. Um, I mean, we'll see. Maybe the maybe the later episodes will be longer, but I kind of suspect they have to do these kind of shorter episodes partly for for budgetary reasons. And and I I will say that I the, this episode, as much as I, I like the idea of the week to week to week schedule, as much as I like like the the feeling of a cliffhanger that we're gonna have to wait to get resolved. It didn't quite feel like a full meal to me. I was like, "All right, that was pretty good. I'm I'm interested, but I'm not totally sucked in yet. That wasn't like this amazing experience on right. its own."
1: A lot of that makes sense to me. I I do think uh yeah, I I mean, I thought there was going to be a bit more to it, I guess, but I think it's more to do with the length than anything else because it was a pretty fast uh short show but you you do see where the where the money is invested like you really see it right there on the screen it's obvious uh because it, it looks really good it looks like the movies right like better than the movies than a lot of cases.
2: i was fine with its length
1: yeah uh, yeah i mean it was nice too because it's like you never feel any kind of like lag it yeah. never feels like it lags For sure or like descends into kind of yeah. time wasting.
2: and it could have because like there's a really long stretch there where like there wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was either action or silence. Yeah. But it still felt well-paced, which is hard to do. So kudos on that, for sure.
0: Okay, so if you enjoyed what you just heard, you should subscribe and leave us a positive review, either in Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app you enjoy. Um, you can always email us at content at com. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And Daryl and Jordan, have a great weekend.
2: Yeah, you, you too. too.